one of the highlights for my family over this summer was having our nine-month-old puppy uh, join us on our family vacation. In the nine months that we've had him, Rutley has brought quite a bit of, of joy to our, our, our family. We, we've, we've dealt with all the puppy stuff. But for the most part, our, our kids have actually, you know, the conversation the parents have with kids before you get the dog. You're going to have to do some of this too, you know. And for the most part, they, they've done that. For the most part, they've, they, they've done that. They, they've stepped up. They've, they've taken care of the dog. They've, um, you know, done, done things that, that we've asked them to do. And now that, that summer is, is over, our, our dog isn't quite sure what to do. Now, I'm not quite sure what to do because the kids aren't there. And so he's, he's kind of been thrown off for the last week and a half or so. And it's been an adjustment for all of us. He, he wakes up a little bit earlier. He, he stays up a little bit later. He's a little more antsy. He's digging in the backyard again. Um, it's just like, what, what's happened? He's, he's reverting. Haley, my wife said the other day, it, it's, it's like he's in that awkward space between a, a child and becoming a man. And I said, well, what does that mean? She's like, well, you know, men kind of regress sometimes. Um, I said, thanks, thanks. So last Monday he was up before 6 a.m. and it was, it was clear that he had some, some energy that he needed to burn. So Haley had said, hey, on the weekend I took him up to the basketball court. We've got a, a basketball court near our house that is all fenced in except for one opening. And she said, hey, uh, he, he actually played catch. Take him, take him up to the basketball court, throw the ball. Um, so about 5.45 he wakes up and I, I kind of put on his, his harness and slowly kind of walk my way up to the basketball court and, and there's, there's just one opening to the fence. So I walk in, I pull the tennis ball out of my pocket, I throw it, I let him off the leash, he runs, he gets the tennis ball and he runs back and I think, it's going to work, he's actually playing fetch, it's going to work. And he slows as he comes up to me looks at me with those sweet puppy eyes and takes off right out the one opening in the fence. So before 6 a.m., I was sprinting up and down the street trying to catch my dog. And what he would do is he would run maybe 100 yards in front of me and then lay down. And I'd look at me and say, Rutley! And then I'd start going after him and he'd take off again. What, what I learned, the only way... The only way that I, I learned to get him to come back to me was for me to run the opposite direction. It was a big game. So when I ran back into the basketball court, he followed me. He followed me. But I got back to the house on Monday morning uh, just dripping in sweat. This was before the heat hit. And, and just there's nothing like being run over by a 70-year-old, 70-year-old, 70-pound, nine-month-old dog. By the time I realized what had happened, um, I said, man, this, this dog just has all kinds of energy. I've learned in the short week that I've been home with him more, with the kids not there, that there's only two modes for Rutley. Asleep and destruction. <laughs> On the go. He's either, he's either resting, lounging around, napping, or running, playing, chewing. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. As I thought about this weekend, as I thought about Labor Day, I couldn't help 
but reflect on, on the rhythm that many of us in our, our society have, have bought into. That, that we just kind of go, 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 and then we, we crash, we stop. We hustle, we busy ourselves throughout the week just to arrive at the weekend, and we plop down in exhaustion. Uh, Haley and, and my kids went to, to San Diego yesterday uh, to go to the, the first San Diego State um, Aztec football game in a giant cement oven. Um, they lasted all of, all of 10 minutes, but I was so excited because I had nine hours on the couch with college football in air conditioning. Who was the smart one there? I had nine hours to just, I had gone and gone and gone all week long. And then Saturday hit, college football was on. I could just ah, relax. When we think of this weekend, when we think of Labor Day, we're, we're kind of like my dog. We go, we go, we go, or we're asleep. Labor Day was established in, in 1894 as a, a federal holiday that, that pretty much celebrates how hard the majority of Americans work. But it's also a good reminder of how important it is that we, we develop healthy rhythms, healthy rhythms of, of work and, and, and rest. And those rhythms shouldn't be something that we only think about one day a year. We shouldn't even only think about it, it, it for those of us that are, are, are Christians, one day a week. It's not just about the Sabbath. So Labor Day, it, it reminds us to think about what's that balance for us? What's the rhythm of work and rest? After Jesus invites those who are weary and, and heavy burdened to come to him in, in Matthew 12, uh, we, we read this. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he, was, he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The conversation that, that takes place between Jesus and the Pharisees here is one that, that happens uh, repeatedly throughout history. Theologians, pastors, priests are always kind of kicking around this idea of what is Sabbath? 
Earlier this week, I was talking with a friend of mine about this passage, about this morning's message. He's a professor uh, and, among other things, teaches systematic theology to freshmen in college. And, and talking with him before I preach is dangerous. It, it, can, it can either really help or it can mean I have to go back to the drawing board and start all over. He asked me to define what I mean when I, when I talk about Sabbath. And I, I said something to Johnny. I said, Johnny, it's a set-aside day for rest. And he replied, is it rest or is it worship? Is it rest or, or is, it, is it worship? We got into the weeds of the semantics a bit, but, but agree that whether it's intentional rest or intentional worship, Sabbath exists to help us establish healthy rhythms in our life. During the Reformation, there were all kinds of debates about Sabbath. Most of the Protestant leaders had a, a fairly, uh, I can say, loose understanding of it. They believed, as many do today, that the Old Testament Sabbath law was one that, that didn't necessarily carry over as strictly into New Testament times. So followers of, of Luther, they adhere to the idea that the, the gospel canceled all the ceremonial parts of the Mosaic law. The emphasis is on the freedom that's found in Christ. So Luther believed that Sabbath revolved around preaching God's word. That that's, that's what it was about. Not around rest. He would have fallen in the worship camp. Calvin was similar. Though he, he wrote that the spirit of Sabbath commandment should be kept. So for him, it's not about elevating one day above the other days. Every day is holy. Every day is holy. But the Sabbath is about the people of God coming together for worship. Now, in our tradition, what you'll find in our book of confessions, um, there's not an emphasis placed on whether or not it's worship or rest. It's not quite as free as Calvin and Luther. So, for example, the Second Helvetic Confession states that the Lord's Day exists for church meetings and rest. And the Westminster Catechism calls it a day for, for holy rest. Uh, I like the way that Dale Bruner, who's a Presbyterian theologian and pastor, puts it. He, he says this. The Sabbath command, as protected by Jesus, save, saves human beings from the objectification of work, workolatry and burnout. It enables humans to be human beings rather than human doings. Sabbath reminds us that we're human beings, not human doings, meaning that we're not defined by what we do. We're defined by whose we are. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at at the heart of this passage. All, all of the parties that were involved, all of them, Jesus, the, the Pharisees, the disciples, the people in the synagogue, the, the man with the, the shriveled hand, they were all very familiar with, with the fourth commandment. They all would have known it. The Pentateuch leaves room for, for uh, debate about what, what was considered work and what people should abstain from on, on Sabbath, with Numbers and Exodus only really forbidding gathering wood and lighting a fire in a kitchen. But there were 30-some rules for observing the Sabbath that are outlined in, in the, the Mishnah, which is essentially a, a commentary on the law. Regardless of the debates, Jesus and the others, they, they knew this commandment. 
And they knew that this commandment uses the word shall, not should. And that it includes people of every sort of, of, of position possible. Every sort of, of, of person in that society. It even included animals. I wish my dog would learn that he has to observe the Sabbath. When the Pharisees see Jesus and the, the disciples in their fields, their, their challenge was, was completely uh, appropriate. There are plenty of places in, in, in Scripture where they go out of their way to, to catch Jesus, to kind of set him up, to, to trap him. But, but this isn't one of them. It was blatant. It was in the middle of the day, and they're, they're picking grain in the grain fields on the Sabbath. Their question was valid. And his first response is, is a, a historical one. It's, it's a historical one, a, a, a biblical one. It points back to the Scripture. The Pharisees' strong suit was their knowledge of the Scripture. So Jesus says, hey, you all should know this beyond just the laws. You, you all should know this. So Jesus goes toe-to-toe with them, pulling examples from the, the life of King David, uh, a priestly example from the law, and then a prophetic text from Hosea. So first, in, in verses 3 and 4, he recounts an incident from 1 Samuel 21 where, where David goes with his men to the priests, and they say, we're hungry, do you have anything? Do you, do you have anything? And, and, and the priest, the priest responds, um, I don't have any ordinary bread. All I have is, is consecrated bread. Now, in a way, it's the reverse of what happened to churches all over the place in the last two years during the shutdown in 2020 and 2021. During that season, the church, not just our church, but, but the church in general, remember, we would still gather for communion. We would still gather for communion, but we would invite you to prepare your elements at home, to take what you had, the, the ordinary bread, the ordinary cup, and to use it for God's glory. There's not, it's not too long ago that there was no way that that would fly in a Presbyterian congregation. There's no way that it would have flied. But we're called to use what we have, all of it, and to say, God, we want to use this for, for your glory. And that means... We have to be open to adapting and to using different solutions, which is what Jesus calls from here with this example from David. Now, the Pharisees, they would have likely responded with, that was life and death. It was different. That was David. They were starving. Your situation isn't even close to the same. You've got to have a better explanation. So Jesus continues almost in a tongue-in-cheek way. Haven't you read the law? He he knew they were the experts, right? Haven't you read the law? Don't you know that priests work on the Sabbath? They're not desecrating the Sabbath. They're allowed to. What what do you mean? And remember, that commandment says you shall not work. There's not a lot of wiggle room. But priestly duties require doing way more than collecting sticks or lighting fires in the kitchen to cook. The, the Mishnah, the commentary of the law that I, I referred to earlier states that the service in the temple outranks, outranks Sabbath observation. So Jesus, he, he continues and says, if the place matters, the temple, if the temple is more important than the Sabbath, something even greater than the temple is here with you right now. So, so the temple, that's, that's more important than the Sabbath, but pay attention. Someone more important than the temple is here with you right now. 
He continues by, by quoting Hosea. If you only understood what it all means, you'd look at the prophetic text that reads, I desire mercy, not, not sacrifice. And, and you would look at that text, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, in a totally different way. The point of the law isn't discipline for discipline's sake. Karl Barth read this passage and said that the meaning behind Jesus' teaching on it is that the God of the Bible is primarily concerned with being kind, not with demands. That the kindness of God is more important than the demands that God lays on God's people. Sabbath is a gift. Sabbath is a gift out of God's kindness. It's the continual invitation to come to God with our weariness, with our our burdens, every week, every week, or every day, to seek those moments of Sabbath. We experience the kindness of God when we, we learn to establish a rhythm of life where we do actually hit pause and slow down. So after Jesus gives a a royal, priestly, and prophetic response, he heads to the temple, and and this time, he's the one who does the work on the Sabbath. This time, he appeals to the common sense of of the Pharisees. They say, you can't can't do this, it's Sabbath, you can't heal a person on Sabbath. And and, and Jesus, he he, he could have turned to the man with the the withered arm and said, hey, my heart goes out to you. My, My heart goes out to you. Really, it does. But I'm devoted to God. I love God, so I need, to, I need to follow this commandment. Why don't we meet up after the sun goes down? And then I'll take care of it. If Jesus had done that, there would have been no problem with the Pharisees. They would have said, oh man, this, this guy knows the law. He knows what he's talking about. The religious leaders would have heard that response and likely nodded along in agreement and then just let it go. But Jesus' whole point here is that the God who gave the Sabbath commandment cares for his people. One of the reasons for this command is, is our health. It's, it's getting rest. It's why when, when Mark records this event, he writes, the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. It is a gift out of God's kindness. The Pharisees, they're, they're spinning it into something it's not. And in their mind, it was a day for God to get the attention that God deserved. And nothing and no person could distract from that importance. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, after the Beatitudes, and calling his followers to be salt and light, he gives six lessons, and they all start like this. You've heard what it said. And then he goes in and talks about something from the book of law. But I say to you, this is another one of those moments. It might as well be, you have heard that it was said that we should keep the Sabbath day holy. But I say to you, the Sabbath was created for man, for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. Jesus never says that Sabbath isn't important. He he took rest himself. He encouraged his followers to get away. And he was also in worship most weeks. Sabbath rest, Sabbath worship, they were incredibly important to him as he set his weekly rhythm. So my question for us this morning, my question for us this this weekend is, 
Are we prioritizing rhythms of work and rest? Are we prioritizing Sabbath in a, in a way that creates healthy living? Maybe this weekend, between enjoying uh, your Labor Day and uh, avoiding the heat tomorrow, you can take a moment to, to just look at your schedule. Where are you working? Whether that's going to a job or, 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 or actually doing a, a job, whether that's taking care of a member, a family member, whether that's, that's fulfilling a volunteer responsibility, where are you working? And then, where are you resting? Where, where are you finding moments to receive the gift of Sabbath? When Matthew writes that Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath, he's, he's not just referring to then Saturday. The day that was considered most holy, he's referring, inferring, I should say, that Jesus is Lord over every day. All that we do, work and rest. Paul gets into this in the third chapter of Colossians. He tells the church to to clothe themselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and the greatest virtue, love, every day. To put it on like you're wearing clothing. And then he writes, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, work, rest, the ordinary, the sacred, whatever you do, everything, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, the Father, through him.